Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of Tapping Into Crypto. I'm Pav. And I'm Ted. Mate, we're here to break down the week of crypto that's been. Yeah, it's been a bit more exciting than previous weeks, hasn't it, Yeah, it's been interesting. But yeah, let's not rush ahead too far. Let's, let's get some housekeeping out of the way. How was your week? Housekeeping? How's, yeah, well, mine. Okay. Um, was it okay, I think? I, mm-hmm. I don't quite remember it. So no, it wasn't any good. Mm-hmm. Probably pushed it to the side. Yep. How was yours? <laughs> I just want to tell a little story to the listeners. I have been trying to get back into golf, as I mentioned a couple of times in previous episodes. Right. But I've decided that I'm boycotting the game of golf. You're boycotting it. I got up at 6.30 on Saturday morning, you know, seizing the day, ready to have a, a great day out on the course. And what do you know? I hit 134 on 18 holes. Not out. Yeah, not out. <laughs> nice cricket <laughs> reference. Hit a golf buggy. You hit a golf buggy. Not mine. Another like, person's like golf buggy. Like you ran into a golf buggy? No, no, no. I hit like a shot oh, into a golf buggy. Oh, nice, nice. Um, so that was embarrassing. And then I also lost a club. So yeah. all in all, pretty disappointing start to the weekend. And uh, I don't think I'm ever going back to course. Or is this like, you know, crypto, you just got to buy the bottom. Is this the worst you're ever going to play? You like, just have to accept it? Like, yeah, I've got to accept my losses and then it's the only way is up. Yeah. Maybe, but. I'm still disappointed and I don't want to even think about golf right now. So let's talk crypto. Cool. All right. Well, sure. <laughs> what, what do you see in the markets, Pat? Uh, what do we see? Things are interesting. We had the weekly close come in yesterday, which was actually pretty strong. So we took out the last four weeks of lows that were put in and essentially closed higher. So in a nutshell, price went lower than it has in the last four weeks, but actually closed much, much stronger. So mm. Very interesting for a couple of reasons, which we'll touch into, but I've got some big, big news coming out this week from the States, Mm. specifically around interest rates and what direction that's going. The significance of this FOMC meeting, uh, which is the committee that sets these rates versus previous ones, this is the one where they will put forward their two-year plan in terms of what they see as economic targets to hit, what's their thresholds for pain. Mm -hmm. They release this every quarter, so it's not something that's super rare, but what it does do is it sets a fair bit of the tone and sentiment in the market as to where's the line for the Fed, like where do they see things are on track versus things are falling off track. So. That'll be huge. That comes out Thursday, 4 a.m., Australian Eastern Standard. Mm-hmm. That'll be based at your alarm. Well, it's pretty much when this potty usually comes out, so it's actually good timing. Yeah, okay. Cool. So a couple of things there to expect is there's a heavy leaning towards no rate hike, and that's probably what the market's pricing in right now. So if anything comes out that the market's not expecting, that's when we get those movements. Mm-hmm. What's not priced in, I know this sounds ridiculous, is those reports of like where things are projected to go. So if they're looking rosier, that's going to potentially be pretty positive for speculation. Yep. And also there's always a speech too. So, I mean, there was an interesting one last week where a European Central Bank, they passed on a rate hike. So they actually increased from 4.25 to 4.5, but the market's actually strong. They rallied and basically because the language was that the Central Bank there believes that they've done enough with this rate hike that all they need now is time and all the inflation targets will come into line and materialize in the coming years. So they're basically saying, this is likely or potentially the last of the hikes. Yep. It's only downhill or sideways from here. So the, the yeah. peak pain is potentially over in Europe. In that, Europe. Yeah. So the all eyes are on the US, I guess, if they take a similar stance or if you know they might still be a bit hawkish and say, look, you know, we're still a bit more work to do, but we're not increasing rates. That could be what they come out with. So yep. I think it'd be interesting to see where the markets sit at the end of next week. Also, because we have the end of the month close and... What is sometimes a good thing to look at is options expiries. Usually this is smart money. This is the big boys and the big girls as opposed to the retail punter. 
There's a whole heap of options expiring right now, sitting at three billion US dollars on the 29th of September. So, what this means is usually leading up to this date, one to two weeks out, we start to see a massive amount of volatility or volatility start to return to the market because these contracts need to be settled. If they don't get settled, they expire worthless for a lot of speculators. So, there's no directional bias you can really draw from this, mm. but what you can expect is people need to settle their positions essentially. So that's going to require people to make a decision. A quick question on this one. When was the yeah. last time we saw a big event in this space happen and how did it impact price? This is pretty common in terms of monthly and quarterly closes of options expiries cause a fair bit of volatility. But mm -hmm. I think the significance with this one is pair it with what's happening on the broader macro scale. Mm -hmm. So the fact that there might be some out of expected language used, or there might not be a hike pass, this is actually just going to be rates staying the same. You know, it, it just sets up a if this, then that situation where yep. there's just going to be a bit more fireworks than what we're used to seeing. And, and where can they go to find this information where, where you're on at the moment? There's plenty of places you can go. I use Deribit, which is a options exchange. They have a whole section which have got like all of their open interest and what's the call versus put ratios. I mean, it is a bit in the weeds, so it's not for everyone. But I mean, if you're just trying to, again, like any good investor trader, probably small traders, you're trying to work out what's to come. This is a good way to anticipate volatility more so than price. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be pretty cool to see. But um, yeah, we'll see what that federal rate comes in at. So far, it's expected and forecasted to be no change. So 5.5%. So we'll see how that materializes. Yeah. I mean, we've seen Bitcoin up 7% the last week. So are people in, like a pricing in a more positive stance from the Fed? Well, that's exactly what I think you kind of would speculate, right? So, I mean, if we just pull up like our chart of Bitcoin that we've been following for the last few weeks, there's been this nice little range between 26,800 and about 25K, respectively. We've just bounced out, back inside, out, back inside, out, back inside. So now we're currently, we've just gone out of the range and we've gone back in. So mm -hmm. from here, if you're bullish, you want to see the bids get picked up and we start to travel higher or we retain this uptrend that we've we've been in since about Monday last week. But mm. I mean, if you're a bear, you're loving the fact that we've failed to go high here and you want to start to see some lower lows or lower highs. So it's too early to sort of say yep. there's a trend locked in. But I think what's key is we're at a decision point in the markets again, which is pretty exciting. It's better than seeing nothing. Yeah. And by the time this comes out, we might have our answer as to which direction it's it's trending into. Absolutely. Yeah. It's the beauty of it all. So, yeah. <laughs> Mate, let's move into the top movers. So okay. we just mentioned Bitcoin's moved a little bit in the last week. Altcoins have done the same and, and we've seen like probably the most volatility on altcoins that we've seen in probably a good, you know, month, two months. It's about one to two months. Yeah. yeah. So it's good to see like we're seeing, you know, 20 to 30 coins up above the 10% mark in the last seven days. You know what's good too? They're not the absolute stinkers either. They're not the 100 yeah. plus market cap, sorry, ranking. It's actually, you know, things within the top 100. So for me, that's the good sign mm. as well. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think a kind of narrative or trend we're seeing playing out here is layer ones. Yep, definitely. And infrastructure plays. Yep. So I wanted to highlight that one at the top there, Toncoin. So Toncoin, basically what's happening there is Telegram and the Ton Foundation have announced a joint self-custodial wallet called Tonspace, which we shouted out a couple of weeks ago, but we didn't actually dive too far into it. Yeah, cool. So they basically came out and announced this at the 2049 conference in Singapore. Singapore, yeah. Singapore, yeah. It's, it, it's a pretty big conference. A lot of projects, you know, kind of use that platform to bring out these big, you know, announcements or milestones that they've, that they've got in their roadmap. Also a great place for chili crab. 
Uh, Singapore? Yeah. Okay. Mate, I'll, I'll take your word for it. I've only been to the airport and I didn't eat any chili crab. So, mate, thanks for that little uh, little gem there. Mate, anytime. So, yeah, Toncoin, you know, partnering up with Telegram. So, it's you know, a bit big. of an adoption player with the Web2 there. It's pretty big. If you just bring up the tweet, and the tweet I, I want to shout out there is, because we're talking about 2049, is the Astar Network. So, they came out with an announcement at the 2049 conference with um, a partnership with Polygon. Yep to launch their own Ethereum layer two. So using the ZK EVM. So it's pretty bullish news for them because if for anyone that doesn't know, they're based on Polygon. So they, they're like a Polygon parachain, mm-hmm. but now they're moving into the, the layer two space. Yep. Obviously it's a hotly trending space. It is. Especially this year in 2023. So yeah, the Astar Networks is one to keep an eye out for sure. Yeah, no, good call. But um, I think we're waiting to just dive more into any other announcements that came out of 2049. So mm-hmm. if anyone out there's got something they've been keeping an eye of definitely give us a shout out we'll definitely dive into it as well but another big one has been Chainlink. that's been the top mover too the sleeping giant as many like to refer to the link marines well it hasn't been anymore we've been chatting out every every second episode haven't we say that frequently but yeah i guess we've given it its time in the yeah it's true it's true it's been doing some great things so most recently there was a bit of a news catalyst along with it as well so anz aussie top four bank They've announced a partnership with the new CCIP, the Cross-Chain Interoperability Protocol. So that bad boy, quite simply, they're looking to tokenize real-life assets. So they're going to start, I think, with the stablecoin, A$DC, a great name for a coin. But mm-hmm. I mean, I know we all don't love the whole CBDC sort of narrative. So I mean, it's not the greatest news to some degree, but I mean, it's another sort of adoption case for Chainlink. And, yeah, um, exactly. TradFi is even jumping aboard to use them for their Oracle. So it's pretty cool. I think the thing to keep in mind here is, yeah, they're not directly investing in a, a crypto asset themselves. No, it's but like They're utilizing, you know, crypto infrastructure like Chainlink or Ethereum or whatever it may be yep. for their own initiatives. So in this case, ANZ, obviously a huge bank. They were the first ever bank to execute an Australian stablecoin mm-hmm. transaction, followed by NAB, NAB. Yep. I guess what we're seeing playing out in Australia is a bit of a race to be that dominant player in the, the stable coin or the real world tokenization of assets play. And it's good to see they're utilizing existing, you know, crypto and blockchain infrastructure for that to execute that. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, Chainlink, something you want to shout out as well here on the SwiftX analysis page is we've seen a bit of a spike in the large holders net flow. So what that means, it's just kind of like it tracks what whales are doing so big players like pav and their wallets so i use this indicator a little bit just to see you know what the big players are doing and usually a, a big spike in what the whales are doing is correlated by a bit of a spike in the price as well yeah cool. not all the time but it's just something i like to add into my sort of investing or trading strategy bit of fundamental analysis some would say ted some could say that, mate. That's great. Absolutely. If only there was a learn and earn course where we could learn about fundamental analysis. Yeah, mate. If only there was. That's all right. Maybe we should do one. <laughs> and then, yeah, lastly, sorry, if you just go back to the top movers, we just wanted to shout out another thing that we haven't really seen too much of this year is legacy coins like Bitcoin Cash and Litecoin in the top movers. So some people say these are like dead coins or, you know, yep. they're too old school to really keep up with the innovative projects that are out there at the moment. But Obviously, some people are seeing something in them. Like I think Litecoin especially, like Litecoin offers like a good alternative to Bitcoin where it's like a faster, quicker, more scalable solution. Bitcoin Cash, I think, often runs off the back of Bitcoin itself. What are your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, I mean, not too much to say with these guys. I mean, Litecoin I like just for the fact that it does have a fundamental sort of halving similar to Bitcoin. Mm. It's proven a couple of times that it's just kept in that sort of cadence and lockstep. And even recently, like we saw the halving come into play. We talked about that being a sell the news type of event. Mm. Lo and behold, it's like two weeks before the launch, it just sort of plummeted. So, you know, if you were paying attention, looking at these things earlier this year, it was a pretty good opportunity. Not to say it's going anywhere, but... um. Yeah, I'm just still waiting for the adoption case for things like Litecoin. Like, I know there's been a lot yeah. of speculation back in the day around, you know, its association with Dogecoin and how, like, Twitter and it was bought by Elon and it's like, cool, a Litecoin or a Dogecoin be the perfect coin for the ecosystem. So, we're still waiting for something yeah. to probably grab onto. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And just on that sort of trend you were talking about around the Litecoin halving, yeah. I don't have a chart to, to bring up right now, but yeah, what we've seen in the past is leading up into the Bitcoin halving when it's a few months away, it really does start to perform pretty well. And then just before and, and just after it's, it tapers off, before going into that next cycle where, where that bull run, which we've typically seen around the Bitcoin halving, and then it, yeah, it starts to perform again. Yep. So, yeah, perhaps just going to bring up a little chart yeah. here for... Yeah, I mean, it's not too good for the listener at home, but yeah, that kind of shows the ebbs and flows of it. But it's, it'll be an interesting one to watch in tonight, next cycle for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, don't forget about the the old boys. That's yeah, what I'll say. Litecoin, Bitcoin Cash. Who else we got? Dogecoin. Dogecoin still got a little bit. Yeah, Dogecoin's definitely had some, you know, was it like Pepe and stuff now? So, Shib. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shibarium. Yeah, Dogecoin is like the, the dad of the meme coin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who would have thought? <laughs> Let's go into some um, industry news that's happening. So this is an interesting one. So the New York crypto regulator removes Ripple, Dogecoin, and a bunch of other crypto assets from what it's called is a green list. And basically the only things that remain from the crypto market are Bitcoin and Ethereum. Then there's about six stable coins that are there, including PayPal's PYUSD. Oh, interesting. So yeah, they, they had a few interesting ones on there, like Omis Go and a few oh, other random ones gotcha. that were on. So it was like, I think there was a list of about 25 to 30. Okay. And or, or a little bit more. And they've scrapped basically all of them except Bitcoin and ETH and their stable coins. So I don't know what really know what to make of this. I think they're just, you know, it's it's just the flavor of the month. And they're like, you know, we, we've got to be a little bit more stringent on this, especially in line with the regulatory conversation that's happening in the US. It's just interesting because regulation like this happens state to state in the US, whereas in Australia, it's like on a, in most countries, it's, you know, nationwide, right? Correct. Yeah. But yeah, it's one of those things where I guess if you want to put a positive spin on it, these guys are looking to move a little bit more quickly on the rulemaking and the, the decision-making, the policy-making yep. than the SEC is. The SEC kind of just like regulates by enforcement, whereas these guys are looking to you know get on the front foot and make proactive change. Mm. So yeah, one to, I don't know what I always say, is one to keep an eye for. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What do you got for us, Pav? Hey, other one, another pretty similar to the ANZ story in some way, but Citigroup, massive, massive entity across the world. They're looking at debuting their token services for collateralizing real life assets. So it's a pilot program. It's using crypto and blockchain solutions to help fix a problem they've got with settlements and just, you know, they'll be moving along just their own private network and blockchain when, when they're doing this. So it's not something like, yeah, they'll be expecting customers to have a MetaMask wallet or anything like that. It's more just between themselves, just settling digitalized assets. So for these guys, it's more of a move to have better ways of working. You know, they're looking to streamline traditional paper heavy processes with digital assets instead. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it'll be something completely private, completely owned by Citigroup. Yeah. The walls will be up. It's just a way for them to... um 
get better at what they do. You got, you got to love that. So that's the thing, hey. And it's the fact that it's private means I'm not super bullish on this story because we were speaking about before, like ANZ using existing crypto infrastructure with Chainlink or Ethereum or whatever it may be, and. These guys have obviously gone down the private route where they don't really want to have anything visible on chain, I suppose, is the play there and to keep everything in-house. Yeah. I mean, the use case for this one's a little bit different. I mean, they're talking about more resolving cross-border payments and just inefficiencies there. So I think that's most banks. Like, they see a a massive issue with just like FX and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, the negativity right now around, I think, the bank's getting into the crypto space with these private blockchains has been largely around the CDBC. So like Mm. the centralized digital currency sort of conversation. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, it'd be interesting to see, yeah, if this is good or bad for adoption of the the industry. Well, there's there's CBDCs, right, which are government run. And then there's real world tokenization of assets, Mm. right? Which is is kind of what we're looking at here with this story and the ANZ story where they're they're not, you know, created or owned by the governments, but they're they're not like a crypto asset either. They're not decentralized. And that is one of the big trends that we saw Larry Fink call out just after BlackRock applied for their ETF application. He basically called out that he sees real world assets on blockchain being a huge trend in the years to come. And we're already seeing that play out. I think everyone here in Australia thinks about real estate, right? Like imagine that being tokenized. You don't have to buy a whole house. You don't buy a portion of the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sort of stuff. So, I mean- when you think about that sort of stuff, it probably would have to exist on some sort of closed private network, potentially. Mm. I don't know. Would you ever put your house up for tokenization on a on a public ledger? Depends if it's profitable and if it's efficient. Like, let's be honest, I don't own a house and I've never bought a house, but I know people who do. And the process seems clunky, slow, yep. stressful. Like, It seems like it could be optimized and be more efficient. Have You, you, you own a house? No, nah, I don't. Okay. But I'm um, trying to get into the space. But yeah, um, yeah look, I think this one, it'd be just be interesting to see how it plays out. Because all I think about is case studies. And if, you know, some people make it work, that's when you get the innovation. Other people yeah. think about other ways to use things. What do you think about Ripple? Because everyone talks about, you know, the banks utilizing XRP for cross-border payments. But no. we're yet to see it. I don't know. I think that was a narrative shoved down everyone's throats from Ripple directly, which nothing yeah. wrong with that. Like you want to have a project that, you know, is... Strong fundamentals, so it does what it says on the label. Mm. It can have that high throughput for transactions, but I mean, I imagine they're going to want to use something that's essentially a derivative because they don't want to lose any impermanency or any loss by transacting. So for example, if they were to transact an XRP, you're exposed to the price of XRP. I don't know if that's actually what they're looking to do with it. Like maybe it's just to use the XRP infrastructure the same way we use the Ethereum blockchain, like you can send any crypto asset, but you spend ETH as gas. Mm. Maybe it's like a similar thing that will happen on their end, just using XRP as the, the governance token. Well, yeah, it, it is an issue, right? Like yeah. if you're paying for something online using cryptocurrency that it's not a stable coin, you run that risk of you know losing value or gaining value and not transferring the right amount. Like, And this can change within a few minutes, right? Yep. Like we're not seeing massive change. But it's one of those things that's where stable coins really come in and, and their use case kind of solidifies itself. Yeah. Yeah. But- yeah, that conversation is still playing out with like whether cryptocurrencies is a an efficient method of of transferring you know cross borders and for payments and using that sort of thing. Yeah, that's well because it's so volatile. That's it. So well, the world will tell us what happens there, but yeah. um, the technology definitely works. So that's good. Absolutely. What's up with Mark Cuban? Better hoo ha, mate. Marky Mark, you know him from Shark Tank. He's the owner of the Dallas Mavericks. He's basically been scammed roughly $1 million USD out of his wallet. So I don't know how this happened. I think he's basically pointing to the fact that he clicked on a phishing link 
and one of his you know private wallets got completely drained as you can see that's why um i think this is eth scan where like you know his wallet was inactive for months and then all of a sudden every single cent in that wallet has been completely drained within like seconds so unless mark needs the cash to send to an exchange because he's, he's doing it tough. I highly doubt that is the case. Um, and I think he's even come out and confirmed he did lose the money to us. Oh, he said it? Okay. So, yeah. yeah. It's one of those things where you got to be so careful because, yeah. like, the the technology is innovative and so are the scams. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So what's your solution to, to this? sort? Because it's a massive issue, hey? I don't know. Hey, it's just one of those things. Like when you get emails, right? Like 99.9% of the time, you're always going to, identify the phishing emails but yeah. then there's that one every couple of years that you might just click on and it just boom yeah and then you've messaged every person on your facebook <laughs> <friendship>. <laughs> yeah that you've got a great offer for them pretty much but i mean crypto is good in a sense that you can just split all your assets up between a couple of different wallets that you own so you never really lose everything in one fell swoop unless you want that to happen mm. so i mean it just depends on your means and what's your situation so yeah like if you had as much money as mark does i'm sure he's got it spread across quite a few amount of wallets one million is probably a drop in the ocean for mark probably yeah yeah it's a night out yeah anyway shall we live it there yeah i think so mate it's a bit quiet this week which is unfortunate so apologies for that but i mean there'll be a lot happening i believe in the next one to two weeks so i mean we'll have a bit more to talk about there's always you find before these big events the news sometimes get a bit sucked out there's not too much in the news cycle happening that's the substance mm. so yeah see what yeah stay vigilant Stay on top of the markets because before you know it, things will be looking a lot greener and everyone will be like- A lot redder. A lot redder. Yeah, exactly. Could go either way. Could go either way. But yeah, I've had that happen to me before where I get bored and like, ah, you know what? It's nothing's happening. I'll get out and then bang. Yeah. Before you know it, it's like, should have stayed vigilant. Anyway, let's wrap it up, Pepe. <laughs> We're just waffling. All right. Thanks, you guys. Catch thanks you next time. See ya. Thank you so much for joining us for today's show. If you liked it, don't forget to head over to the gram and join us at Tapping Into Crypto. And before we finish up, just a general disclaimer that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. And the opinions on this podcast belong to individuals and are not affiliated with any companies mentioned. Any advice is general in nature and does not take into account your own personal situation. If you're looking to get advice, please seek out the help of a licensed financial advisor. We'll talk to you soon.